Now, um, we'll find out if they're going to, uh, if lawmakers are going to pass this. I assume they are, which is why the Red for Red people and the the teachers unions and everybody said, hey, go back, go back to, uh, go back to work on Thursday. Everything should be okay. And we'll go from there. Um, but I tell you what, I, you know, I think we're onto something here and I think we could find some common ground. Uh, but I, I, as a taxpayer, I'm frustrated. And, uh, I contacted, uh, um, Ralph Quintana and he's up at the state Capitol, uh, American Federation of Teachers. He's the Arizona chapter president. Am I right about that, Ralph? You're the Arizona chapter president. That is correct. Okay, cool. I am. Arizona Federation Teachers President here in Arizona. Okay, perfect, perfect. Um, and he's up at the state capitol. Uh, people are they, are people getting up there right about now? Or is it starting yeah, to get busy? Um, mo- most of us um, are. It looks like there's probably a couple hundred people here already, and it's only seven. I gotcha. Yeah, no kidding. Well, I tell you what. Um, I mean, my listeners have been pretty uh, upset with the teachers. I've been pretty upset with the teachers that they walked out at this particular time. I do think teachers do need to get paid more, but we always sit back and say, where's, you know, how do we know things are going to get better? But one thing that has not been addressed, and I really want to stick to this with you, is that I have teachers call the show. It's been, you know, a week now. And uh, one thing that a lot of teachers say is that the conditions are terrible. And I'm not just talking about walls falling down and bathrooms not working. I'm talking about teachers that say, I feel like, you know, I'm getting, I'm threatened. I had a kindergarten teacher call up and she said she was stabbed by a student, a kindergartner with a pencil, spit at, punched in the stomach by one. I had a teacher call up the last hour talking about how uh, there are, you know, the kids, you know, come in stoned. There's drugs. We don't know if a kid's a gang member, if they're not a gang member. And you guys can ask for as much money as you want and pay teachers, but nobody wants to work in those kinds of conditions. So why isn't that being talked about? Because, you know, if you fix those kinds of conditions... Wouldn't that improve education because teachers could do their jobs without having to be fearful and you get the disruptive students out of there? You're exactly right. Unfortunately, um, when you have a very young um, teacher that doesn't understand what's going on behind the scenes, both why we don't have the funding to deal with those kind of things, then the messaging comes out incorrectly. You've seen a push lately the last couple days to actually get the messaging back to what it should be. So you as the public actually understands why the heck things like that are happening. For example, you have the classroom site fund. That's about $250 million a year we used to get that we're not getting anymore. So that's your maintenance and uh, building of new buildings within the school district. That's why you have to go out for bonds all the time now is because the state's not giving us that money. Yeah, but let's stick with the, the idea that teachers are not in a safe environment. And, you know, teachers tell me there's nothing that we can do. We have to go through some kind of a protocol and we can't get the disruptive students out of there. So well, I never hear union guys, you know, up at the Capitol fighting for that for safer working conditions. That goes to the funding that's go- that was uh, designed for gifted PE special or special needs students and students that fit into that category of chronically misbehaving students. When they cut the started cutting the budget, it also affected that area. So the special programs that we used to have for alternative placement for kids with conduct disorder, ADHD, um, ED, emotionally disturbed students that fall within the special ed spectrum, the funding for that went. So the truth of the matter is they just don't have anywhere to put them. And a lot of the programs that were designed to meet the needs of those kids don't exist anymore. Then the state really got smart, and they did something called the, the daily attendance rate. So if a child's not in the school, you don't receive money for them. So a lot of districts that are requiring or are worried about daily funding don't want to suspend these kids, and then now we have a program where you don't have a program to send them to, so you won't get money for them. 
So what that does for a district is oftentimes what we're seeing throughout the state is they either do nothing and put the child back in with a thank you or I'm a sorry and here's a starburst and you can go back to class, or they suspend them and it's just a chronic, it's just like a, a cycling suspend, suspend, suspend. And then oftentimes the child comes back worse than before we suspended them. So, but that's why, and you're exactly right, it's happening all over the state. We actually have legislation called SB 1219. It was actually carried by a Republican. Um, uh, Kate Brophy McGee actually carried it for us. That's trying to deal with the chronically misbehaving child, specifically the the bullies too. Yeah. So we can actually try to change their behavior. It just didn't get out of committee. So um, we do recognize that within the Arizona Federation of Teachers that it is a severe problem with uh, for our teachers. The higher the grades you go, the worse the problem is. But um, for some reason, it's just not being um, widely supported. You know, and, and by the way, you're listening to uh, Ralph Quintana. He is the uh, president of the Arizona Federation for Teachers here on KNST AM790. He's up at the state capitol. Um, I think this is the biggest thing. Uh, you know, I, listen, again, I, I think teachers should get paid more money. Uh, I don't think all of a sudden throwing money at teachers is going to make them better teachers, get us better results, because we have to get to the root cause. So do you think that is a big problem, is, is, you know, the reason that we aren't having kids come out better educated, teachers wanting to get out of the profession besides not making enough money in their minds, it's just not safe and they're frustrated because they can't do what they really want to do? I, I would say you're exactly right. We started to, don't get me wrong, salary is one of it, but we, you look at what happened this year. We had 2,000 teacher shortage to start the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. and we've lost over 900 teachers since the beginning of the school year. So obviously it has something to do more than just the pay because we, we're attracting them, but we're actually losing them at the same time faster than we can attract them. So when you were asking me what type of things contribute to that, classroom management or um, unruly students is definitely on the top three. Lack of resources is the other one as far as being able to meet our needs and huge class sizes which are contributing to uh, um, the need for both those things. And need more teachers. Another so. one. Yeah. yeah, we just don't we don't have enough teachers. We're losing our teachers because of the behavior of the kids and not having enough resources. So if we don't deal with that all three things at the same time, what you're going to continue to see is a worsening in the program. And then you and the public keep going, "Hey, but we fixed this. We passed three, Prop 301. We passed Prop 123, but the messaging is off." So because of that, you don't really understand why teachers are leaving, and that's partly our fault for not making sure you do. Yeah, that because that, okay. that's the thing. I mean, I'm driving around Tucson, and there are teachers on streets and on street corners, and they're just, you know, we want funding. We want money. We want funding. And I'm thinking, that's not going to fix this. So what is the union doing then? Because I guess here's the problem. is it, it seems like the union isn't standing up for teachers when teachers are getting attacked. There, You guys are not, you know, you guys should be out in front demanding superintendents, school boards, uh, principals to support teachers. I mean, it's like there's this whole giant legal checklist that they have to do. I there, there's you know. actually a state law. Okay. It's called ARS 15841 okay. that allows a teacher to permanently remove a child from the classroom or to refuse entry to the child to the classroom would be a better way of describing it. Okay. So then that way um, they have to go to uh, a hearing. That's what our legislation actually deals with, is trying to... Um, uh, um, refine that process, make it a little bit better, give the power back to the teachers to do exactly that. Because oftentimes people don't understand with the teacher shortage, you also have a qualified administrator shortage as well. So it's just, it's watered down the quality of our educators in Arizona. 
And oftentimes you either have teachers or administrators that simply don't know how to deal with this unruly child. They Mm -hmm. don't know what resources they have. So we've, uh, our legislation actually gives the power back to a team of teachers, two teachers, one administrator, to decide whether that child comes back in. And if they do go back in, what, what type of uh, protections and what type of interventions are going to be put in place for that child? And that's up to the so, teacher? Because the, the, would that teacher be overruled by the principal who wants the butt in the seat to make sure he can get funding? Well, but that's what I mean, though. Yeah. It would be two teachers and only one principal. Okay. So that, and the teachers that are on that committee would be elected by those teachers. So it gives those teachers on that campus a little element of control to say, no, this child doesn't belong here. I know you want funding, but this child needs to be on our alternative placement program because they're, they're disrupting the other 30 kids in this classroom and they don't belong here. And I guess that's what I'm frustrated at is, um, unfortunately, the messaging for those kind of things, which could yeah. really impact us as teachers, isn't coming across. But you should know me as a union leader and as a classroom teacher in the classroom, I see this every day. I've used the law. I sit on the current committee for the law at my own school. And we are actually changing the behavior of kids. It's just it's not being uh, widespread, and teachers definitely don't know that the power is there. The problem right now is that administrators can overrule us and say, um, we're going to put the child back in, but with no safeguards or protections, because the law currently does not specifically say that they have to put those safeguards or protections in for the other students or teachers. See, this is great information. This is unacceptable. This needs to be passed. We need to have teachers do this. I don't want to say I'm an old guy. I'm 41 years old. I graduated high school 23 years ago. If there were any issues or problems, kids got detention. And I just had a a teacher call last hour. He said, there's no detention nowadays. Um, No, they're right. It's unbelievable. And you should also know, uh, so everybody understands me politically, I don't mind telling everybody, I'm an independent. I'm also a fourth-generation native Arizonan, so mm-hmm. I understand. I get it. I'm also ex-Army. I was a sergeant in the Army before I started teaching. Okay, my lobbyist and my executive director is actually a card-carrying Republican. This is not a Democrat, independent, um, Republican issue. This is we need to do a better job protecting our other students. We need to do a better job protecting our teachers. We need to do a better job providing an environment so we can actually do what the public expects us to do in our classrooms. And we're simply just not doing that. So can you understand, by the way, this is Ralph Quintana. He's the president of the Arizona Federation of Teachers on KNSD AM 790 up at the uh, Capitol right now. That's where where he is. Um, I mean, when I see a guy like Noah Carvalis and the the stuff that he has tweeted out, uh, the stuff that he, you know, says teaching is political, he pushes political activism. uh, He basically is a social justice warrior in the classroom. You know, you're the president of a teacher's union. I don't think that's I don't think that's appropriate. Do you? I, I'll tell you, I teach English language arts, and I just, it's not appropriate for me to bring, bring in those topics into my classroom at all. That's not what my... What about him, though? Because he's leading that movement, Red for Red, and he is, I mean, he's a big-time progressive guy. That, uh, that is, you know, he says we need to teach against uh, white male, I think it was white male privilege, uh, white, uh, white, uh, white toxic masculinity. That's, an, that's, you know, that, that's just wrong. My, my mentor teacher was a, a Mormon, a white guy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh really good man, conservative, religious conservative, and he supports me still to this day. I got you, but I, you know, you're dodging the question. I mean, I'm not telling you to rag on Cor- Carvelis, but I, I, think the I mean, this is bad, man. That's why we don't I, trust this stuff. I, I think the messaging should have been, I will say that. I think the messaging should have been better. I think the messaging was off. I think that's what happens when you have a very young teacher that doesn't know really what the issues are because they're just starting, start leading the movement. Okay, um, I will say that. 
I'm not going to knock the guy because he did start something, but unfortunately he should have looked at some of his tweets. He should have looked at some of the things he had on social media because it, it hurt the movement. Okay, and I'm not going to deny that because it's obvious that it did. But, I mean, I'll give you an example. I brought in I brought in my union boss leader, and she didn't do what everybody thought she was going to do. She argued that the Democrats and independents and Republicans need to work together to actually solve this issue because this is a, a student issue. This is a teacher issue. It isn't a political issue, not at least for us. I know she doesn't do that other places, but that's what I asked her to do here, and that's what she did. And that's what I'm telling people to do is we need to unify. Um, unfortunately, what you see here, the budget passing today, we're going to still have problems in the fall. And then in you and the public, we're going to still have a teacher shortage. And then again, you and the public are going to go, but we just gave you this money. And I'm like, yeah, but I, I told you guys it wasn't going to fix the problems we're facing in the classroom because issues like you just had me talk about aren't being addressed. The funding that specifically goes to those programs isn't being restored. So if you don't restore our gifted programs, our PE, our special needs programs, our programs that deal with these specific type of kids, you're going to still have those problems. And the funding we're getting just isn't going to be enough to fix those specific issues in the classroom. Reduce class sizes, not going to happen, um, because for many different reasons. Um, the resources, not going to happen. It's not, not enough money. Because what what, if you would have fixed those type of things, I think you would have seen a more impact on the teacher shortage on the things that you're hearing people complaining about with discipline. But instead, Noah messed up a little bit and went out on 20% raise, and that's not going to fix any of the issues that the vast majority of teachers are facing in the classroom with high class sizes, lack of resources, and discipline issues in our classroom. Uh, Ralph Quintana is who you're listening to. He's the uh, president of the Arizona Federation of Teachers up in uh, Phoenix right now on KNST AM 790. So, listen, you guys have a tough gig. It's hard to judge if teachers do a good job or a bad job. Especially, I mean, if there's no parental involvement, if they don't make their kids do work at home, you can't blame the teachers if the kids come in and don't have anything done. And, and I, I totally, totally get that. Uh, but there are bad teachers. There are great teachers and there are bad teachers. Um, why aren't teachers evaluated more? I mean, it just stinks because a principal could walk into a class and a teacher could change exactly what they're doing, right? Um, should there not be cameras so teachers can be monitored to see how they do? So we can I, see I, do a good job I don't mind. Yeah. My, my administrators welcome in my room all the time. Well, can I think he... Sometimes, I, because I am ex-military, I think my outlook on teachers, I can tell you I've been in meetings before where I've uh, had to help a teacher out of the profession because maybe teaching wasn't the best for them. Mm-hmm. I've had to, I've had to uh, tell a teacher maybe the demographics of this school, they're not best for you. Maybe you need to go with a little bit, um, a little bit different demographics because you're struggling with the demographics at this school. I think sometimes um, union leaders forget that mm-hmm. within education that maybe this isn't a good fit for everybody. Maybe you need to find that fit for them. And I can tell you, as a as a public school kid myself that grew up in a West Phoenix in a poor schools, um, I didn't always have the best teachers. And I think my job as a union leader, at least a union teacher leader, is to make sure that I have the best quality teachers that are my members. So if my members aren't doing what they're supposed to do, I feel it's my duty to try to get them to do so. And if they can't, then my job is to help them out of the profession or help them into a school where they can be successful because maybe my school isn't that fit. You know, I'm liking a lot that you're saying, uh, Ralph, and uh, and I'm actually a, a bit surprised. I'm glad we can agree on, on you know, what, you know, some of the major problems as to why education is not where it needs to be here in Arizona. Um, 
I just want your take, too, because, you know, listen, I'm a conservative talk show host, and I see some of the things that are done in class. I've had kids, uh, one kid from Sabino High School down here come to my uh, studio last week and talk about how he was attacked and called names in class because he disagreed with the teacher. He said there's a, the student told the teacher there's a difference between illegal and legal immigrants, and the teacher called him a racist and a bigot. And he had all these stories and stuff like that. We see nothing, I, you know, do you acknowledge that there is a much more of a liberal slant uh, in public schools? And I, I would I would acknowledge that you have um, teachers that um, not as much on the right but uh, on the left that are bringing things into the classroom yes. that don't belong in the classroom. And I look, okay. I don't want a teacher to go in and say Trump is the greatest of all time because that's not appropriate either. No, it's not. It's not. It's not appropriate on either side. So how can we? That I think that there's big things, man. Teachers should get paid more money. You guys need to be able to kick out the troubled kids and have places for them to go because it takes away from the teachers and the students that want to learn. And on top of that, what you know, you guys want more money from us, the taxpayers. How can we know that kids are not going to be indoctrinated in schools? There becomes our evaluation and how we're evaluated by administrators. Um, I'm a highly performing teacher, so my scores, my results, and things, I'm getting the job done that the public expects me to do. Um, I teach English language arts, so obviously I should not be talking about politics at all because my job is to teach kids how to read and write. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think the problem that the public doesn't understand is our principals can't get into our classrooms as much as they used to for the reasons that I just outlined to you. So in the older days, when I first started teaching back in 2001, um, you, had, uh, you had more funding, so that allowed an administrator to get into the classroom more. You, had, you, had, um, you didn't have the issue with keeping kids in the seat so you could get funding. So they were able to be in the classroom more. Then I would say that you didn't have what I see now, which is a lack of discipline, for lack of a better word. It's just gotten worse and worse. Um, we, we aren't effectively intervening with kids, um, and it's making the situation worse. Are you told so, to not do that, or teachers told to not do that for fear of lawsuits? Um, it depends on your district. And, and, um, and one of the things, our legislation that we did, it didn't get carried into the bill, but one of the things we actually looked at, because with dealing specifically, for example, with bullies, um, so oftentimes the, the child that's a bully in an affluent neighborhood will have a parent who's also a bully who's threatening a lawsuit. Mm-hmm. Talk to superintendents from affluent districts, and they're very supportive of our legislation on how it specifically protected them against the bully's parents and the lawsuit. So you've got to look at all the factors, okay? So And you've got to be able to do what I'm doing right now on your show, which is talk to both sides of the aisle and say, this is how this meets your needs of what you're seeing in your classroom. This is how it meets your needs in, a, in maybe a poorer neighborhood. And that just simply is not getting done. And unfortunately, I see a polarization um, within the teachers' movement. And I think that's one thing since I've been the president that I've tried to do is try to take us more down the middle. I do work, like I said, my executive director is a card-carrying Republican. I send her in as much as possible to talk to Republicans so we can talk to them and talk about what we're doing because it is positive. And don't get me wrong, I endorse primarily Democrats, but... It's because they're the ones talking to me, okay? But I open the door and offer any Republican. We have endorsed them before, and we will continue to do so. As long as you fund education, as long as you're supportive to teachers, at least speaking for my union, we are open, and we will publicly uh, meet with you. Even though we are affiliated with the AFL-CIO, that doesn't prohibit us from saying you support education. 
you support your teachers, you support quality education in our schools, so we are going to support you. And I think that's the attitude that we need to have as teachers, and if we did, I think you would see a change both on the public perception of what we're doing in Mm -hmm. the classroom and um, a change in the funding, because then you guys aren't thinking that we're just having an open hand telling you to give money. As an example, why not, um, why not give the special ed teachers specific money? Because that we're, we're even more short special ed teachers. And I had um, Senator Burgess and Senator Allen I was meeting with say, well, wouldn't they complain about that? And I said, well, then have those teachers get their special ed certificate going in the classroom. Because we're dying for special ed teachers, and I'm telling you as a teacher, I don't care if they make more money than me with a special addendum or whatever, because we need those teachers are vital to controlling some of the craziness that's going on in my classroom, and I need more help. So we've got to think outside of the box on how to resolve this issue. I guess that's my frustration with the bill that's going, is that it's not going to fix it. And then in the fall, when we're still short teachers, and when we start losing teachers like we did this year again, you and the public, especially on the right, are going to be like, but we just gave you money. Why didn't yep. it fix it? And, and it's very frustrating for me, unbelievably frustrating, because I'm like, because no one talked to me and talked to my teachers because we would have told you all this. And that is, again, the problem what happens when you have a young kid leading a movement that didn't really know what the message should be, and by the time he listened to what it should be, it was too late. Yep. The public perception was already turned against us. And now we're on this road of what I see is going to be eventual failure, and then we're going to have to re-educate the, the public again next year to say, well, we kind of told you this, it's just it was too late. Yep, you're right. Listen, Ralph, man, it's been a great conversation. I appreciate your, your honesty and your frankness, and I'd love to get you on again in the future, man. Anytime, just give me a call. you got to take care. Ralph Quintana, Arizona Federation of Teachers on KNST.